Everyone deserves to live where they can flourish and cultivate their gifts. You'll hear from Susan Mooney, founder of Tall Tales Ranch, about how her and her family came up with not only this vision, but the secret sauce behind how they are making an incredible new community for people with intellectual disabilities a reality on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and what a thrill to welcome Susan Mooney, co-founder and fairy godmother of the amazing (laughs) Tall Tales Ranch, an organization dedicated to individuals with special needs. Susan and her husband, Pat, started Tall Tales Ranch almost nine years ago after their son, Ross, was diagnosed with an acquired brain injury at the age of 14. Susan is a former special education teacher who now devotes all of her time to her family and building Tall Tales Ranch community. Susan loves to collaborate with other programs and is always on the lookout for groups doing creative things. She believes everyone should have the opportunity to live a full, satisfying life that honors who they are. What a great way to make the world better. She and Pat (laughs) have been married for more than 30 years and have three kids who continue to serve as their inspiration. From an idea to create more opportunities for people with special needs to now this amazing vision that Tall Tales Ranch has morphed into, it's just taken some amazing turns. I can't wait to get into all of it. Susan, and thanks for joining me and welcome. Hi, Jay. Thank you so much for, for having me and for, for featuring Tall Tales Ranch. Um, I'm so honored to be on this podcast oh, and to be thought of as, as an organization who is working to make the world a better place. What, what a great honor that is. So thank you. Well, totally. And I would love to start with that by having you introduce us to Tall Tales Ranch and your vision and your mission. Yeah. So um, as you said, my husband, Pat, and I um, started Tall Tales Ranch. It's it's getting close to nine and a half, ten years ago. Um, you know, we life is so funny, isn't it? And, and it just never really goes the way that you had maybe envisioned it. But as you mentioned, and we have three kids and our middle son, Ross, was born um Typically. So he was, as we say in this world, neurotypical. He didn't have any mm-hmm. cognitive disabilities, but um, he ended up, we ended up finding out when he was around 14 that he'd been born with a very rare genetic disease mm. that had not shown itself until about that time when he was in about seventh grade or so. So, anyway, um, he ended up getting diagnosed with this disease. He ended up getting a bone marrow transplant. We were very lucky. It stopped the progression of the disease. But he was left with basically an acquired brain injury. Mm. Most of the damage was to his frontal lobes. So it really made, makes, um, living independently, working independently, all of those kinds of things very difficult because all the skills that you you use for those activities are located in the frontal lobes. Right. Anyway, once that happened, we began to, of course, as his parents, our primary concern once his health had stabilized was, you know, where is he going to live? Where is he going to work? What's going to happen to him when we're gone? And of course, that is the thing, the primary thing I think that keeps um, most parents who have a loved one with, with cognitive disabilities awake at night. So 
anyway, we, you know, we were very concerned about that. We knew that we did not want to put that responsibility on his siblings. He's got, you know, an older sister and a younger brother, not only because we thought that that would be a tremendous responsibility for them, but we didn't think it was the best situation for Ross. Sure. So, you know, with that in mind, we kind of started looking around and and thought, what do people do? We had not lived in that world before with Ross. And we just we didn't find anything that we felt like really fit him, really honored who he was. And so that's where the idea um, for Tall Tales Ranch began was was kind of with this idea I mean, sometimes it comes out of desperation, right? We've got to do something. We've got to try something. And so we came up with this idea of Tall Tales Ranch. Well, I love it. It's the it's the story of pretty much every great nonprofit. You see a need that needs uh, where there's a niche that you can fill and you step in and say, we'll figure We're going to figure this out and it's going to benefit a whole lot of other people. So I have to ask, where did the name come from? So it's so funny. Prior to Ross getting sick, he was not like this, who I'm going to describe in a minute. But for some reason, after he got sick, he became really obsessed with tall people. He loves tall people. I don't know, Jay, if you yourself are a tall person. Um, but if you are, he would love you and he would talk about you all the time. So we I don't know, six, two counts, but. Oh, no, six, two counts. Um, Our family is a complete disappointment to him because none of us are even anywhere near six feet tall. But he loves Arnold Schwarzenegger. He loves Andre the Giant. So we talk about tall people all the time. Yeah, That's that part of it. But then the tall tales part comes from, I don't know why this happened, but Ross exaggerates the truth all the time. And when you talk to him, I don't know what percentage of what comes out of his mouth is accurate, but it's probably around 40%. So he always tells these tall tales and they're really pretty outrageous. Um, He'll describe somebody and before long, it sounds like Paul Bunyan or something that couldn't possibly be true. So that's where we came up with tall tales. That's awesome. It just really (laughs) describes him. That's fantastic. So take me back a little bit. So you've, You're in this situation now and you're you're seeing a a void or a niche that you think that you can fill. So take me to take me from there. It's like, okay, we have this idea. How how did you move forward from there? Right. So honestly, the primary thing that I think we really wanted for him, of course, we wanted him to be safe and we wanted him to have all the supports that he needed. But we also really wanted him to be part of a community. There's so much separation and there's so much isolation with this it's demographic. True. It's gotten so much better kind of historically. It's it's getting better in the schools. But when it comes to particularly um, residential options, when it comes to vocational opportunities, there's mm-hmm. still a great divide. And so yeah. we really wanted him to be part of a community. And we looked at his neurotypical peers that he had gone to school with, his very friends, and the opportunities that they had. And and we knew that it was going to really take some work to create that kind of thing for Ross. And so we thought 
if community is kind of the overarching goal of what we're trying to create. And then from there, we say, okay, well, resident residential options are certainly um, a concern. So how do we combine that and then also add some vocational opportunities um, in, in kind of one space? But we also really did not want that to be an isolated space. We wanted right. it to be somewhere that was, um, you know, that the, that the greater community could access and get to and so that our residents can can go out to work. So we, we had some pretty um, ambitious goals and ideas for what it was that we envisioned in our in our minds so but that was really it we really wanted him to have the same opportunities that his siblings had knowing that it was going to be tricky and that he was going to need support and how do we create this thing that at least in Colorado uh, really didn't exist at the time that we that we came up with that yeah so you have this vision for a community nine or ten years ago let's fast forward to now where you had run some wonderful programming um and you your this vision that you have is starting to be realized i know you guys are in the midst of a campaign that is going um going well from from everything i see but walk us through you know where you are today now which it's remarkable what you're on the precipice of doing yeah, Jay, we, you know, for, for a family who really had something happen to them, which you could certainly consider to be unlucky, we're mm. the luckiest people ever. Oh, that's um, so awesome. We really, we are so blessed and so lucky. Um, we ended up, after we had this idea, you know, we thought we we're going to be in the middle of nowhere, um, but we ended up just through um, really luck and serendipitous, you know, situations, getting connected with Schweiger Ranch, which is located at Ridgegate and I-25. It's a historic ranch that was um, founded and then, um, you know, they built it in the late 1800s. So we were provided some some land there. Um, and so that's where we're going to build. So that was, you know, extremely lucky. It's right across the street from the light rail station so that it's easy access transportation wise for our residents, but also for others. Right. Um, so anyway, we, we've gotten that land provided to us. So we've begun. We had to go through a site improvement plan um, and that the city of Lone Tree needed to approve. And they did that. We have just completed our construction documents so that uh, really the next step for us in our evolution is to get building permits and to to begin the actual building. We have a great, great partnership with Shea Homes, who is doing a lot of building in that area. And and they have agreed to partner with us. They're amazing community partners for a lot of people they're so they're so wonderful and they've really been very supportive of us from the very beginning um yeah we've been again so lucky schweiger ranch foundation they're a nonprofit that provided the land to us homemade colorado is a great nonprofit organization that that partners with groups that might be very um uh, you know, it, that it could be, sorry, I'm stumbling over my words right here, um, that 
they help groups that that might otherwise experience homelessness. So that's yeah. what they and they've got all the big builders in town on their board. So we've partnered with them. So as far as the building part of it, you know, we're still continuing to work on that. Um, one of the challenges that we had when we started this is my husband, Pat, and I were going around telling people about this, but it was a vision in our minds. And so right. We've gotten, again, so lucky because we have so many supporters who believe in it and understand the importance of what we're trying to do. But, you know, we have not had that tangible thing to show them until we started some of our programming. And the idea is we're going to build this community, but it's going to take us a while. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's expensive and we've got a lot to do. So we have started some things to build community now. So we have a um, mobile coffee trailer that we purchased a couple of years ago, and we take that out into the community and we employ people that are neurodiverse. So that's so awesome. Yeah, we call our neurodiverse friends very fondly. Those are our ambassadors. So we employ ambassadors um, with this coffee trailer. So that part's good because there's so much un and underemployment yep. with this group, but yeah. but it also demonstrates to the greater community how capable right. our ambassadors are. And it oh. and, and in so doing, hopefully that incents other people to want to employ them. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that. And then we also have a young professional board. That is one of my favorite things. It is made up of neurotypical individuals and neurodiverse individuals, about 50-50. And they get together monthly. They do a working meeting one month and then a social gathering where they get together to bowl or, you know, go out in the community and do some fun things. So those are both building community until we actually get Tall Tall Ranch community built. So. So that, you know, that's kind of where we are today. And um, yeah, it's great. It's so fantastic. When you you think about where you you come up with the idea, did you ever envision that you'd be doing things like pulling building permits and dealing with construction (laughs) documents? I'm sure that wasn't ever on your radar, but what really was there kind of an aha moment for you or, or a tipping point where you thought, holy cow, we're going to, we really are going to make this happen. Yes, I think absolutely. In fact, I've had many of those along the way. Um, when we first started this, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. We had a lot of people thought we were crazy. You know, why, why would you possibly take right. on something this big? It's not Pat's background. It's not your background. Why don't you just find a place for Ross to live Albeit in another state. I mean, people have done this. Why are you doing this? So, that's the that's the easy road more traveled, right? It it really was. And and we thought, no, no, we're gonna try this. I mean, maybe I ignorance it. is bliss. We just thought we're gonna try it. <laughs> so I think when we you know, when the land was provided to us, that was definitely an aha moment. There's just been all of these things that have happened and you know, to be honest with you, when we first started, I thought, okay, if this is not supposed to happen, universe, God, right. greater being, put a big wall in front of us, and I promise we'll listen and we'll stop. It's never happened, Jay. We That's have always so great. had the right people come to us, whether they joined our board or that it's a builder interested in us or, you know, a, a donor. So I think there 
the whole thing has been an aha moment. I mean, I'm always telling myself, <laughs> I think we're supposed to do this. I think this is what we're supposed to do. So I love it. And, and I'm a big believer that, you know, you create your own luck and you put yourself in the best in the best position to, to make these things happen, which you guys have obviously done. Yeah. But, you know, one thing I'd love to touch on, too, is, you know, we briefly mentioned it, but the statistics for neurodivergent people regarding employment and and more accurately, unemployment, it's they're really stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in your opinion, is this almost more of a perception thing than it is reality? Because because, you know, I've had the pleasure of working with with these folks and they're so capable. Yes, it's, it's just a, it's just a matter of opportunity, don't you think? You know, I, I do. I think that it is a matter of opportunity. I think, you know, it's just like everything really with this community. There has not been enough exposure. Yeah. And so I can see it from both sides. So as a parent and as somebody who supports people in this community, in the IDD community, I know, you know, Jay, because you have you've worked with them. We know how capable they are. We know that they want to be productive. They want a seat at the table. All they want to do is be part of the community the way that their neurotypical peers are. But we also know that they need a degree of support. We can't Mm -hmm. expect them and pretend like they don't have the disabilities that they have. We have to be able to focus on the capabilities that they have. We know that employers don't know that. So really the exposure that employers have had a lot of times is that somebody with a disability who might be working with the division of voc rehab comes to them and says, I want a job and DVR is their job coach for a while, for a kind of a finite period of time. Um, it may not be in an industry or anything that fits the person's skills that they already have or interests. And many times it's not successful. The employer doesn't really know how to support the employee. They are trying to run a business and they want to keep running the business, but the employee needs support, needs some help. Um, certainly they have not, you know, worked before. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think that we're, that, that we're left in this, in this space where if we can educate and support the employer, then the employee who also needs the support can be more successful. And so I think that we just need to have more programs that focus on both of those things. And I think that employers want to get on board. It's not because they're not compassionate. And they will see that people with disabilities can be the greatest employees. They, they're they not, oh, yeah. they, they show up on time. They don't call in sick. They are the happiest people there because they're so excited to get to get to be a part of, yeah. of working in, in, in any industry. So I think you're right. I think that it is we just need more of it. And I think we'll get there. There's workforce development is huge um, for everybody right now. But in this in this population, it's really something that we are are focusing on. And we want we want our ambassadors to work in our coffee shop. But yeah. really, that's not the goal. The goal is to get them out in the community and working in other places. And then the coffee shop 
is wonderful and it becomes a place that always employs people with IDD and we do vocational training there. But the idea is we want to get them out into the greater community. Well, and as you build out your vision down in Lone Tree and your mm-hmm. community, you will be taking on a lot of these things where you will be doing workforce development and you'll be doing, doing it'll be a residential community, correct? Where people neurodivergent, neurotypical can live together and live independently and work and, and all of this, right? Yep. Yes. We really envision, again, community is kind of the overarching goal. And so we're going to have 32 apartments. Um, We're going to have most of those, the majority of those are going to be rented out to uh, neurodiverse individuals, but we will also have some neurotypical people living among us because we think that inclusion and integration is a good thing. We think it's a good thing for everybody. And then the coffee shop is designed, we also are going to have a community barn and the coffee shop will be housed in in the barn. It, you know, brings vocational opportunities to our Mm -hmm. ambassadors, but it also allows the greater community to come have great coffee. And to, you know, maybe they have a wedding there. They have a, uh, you know, a work retreat there. I mean, there are all kinds of things where that space can be rented out. It allows our ambassadors, not just the ones who live on the property, because that's a small number of people, but mm-hmm. this is open to to everybody in the community to come and work and to socialize. And okay. so that's really what, what the vision is. We'd love to have movie nights and dances. And again, instead of it being movie night for people with disabilities, this is movie night for people. And, and, and that's the, that's really the goal is that one day um, you, you walk into a restaurant and the hostess has down syndrome and it doesn't shock you. You say, Oh, that's a hostess. And and yeah, she happens to have Down syndrome. But, uh, you know, it, it becomes more of the norm for us right. to integrate and, and to socialize and, and all of that together. So, and oh, by the way, is maybe the happiest person you'll encounter that day. Happiest, and aren't you so lucky? I always right. think, Jay, I mean, you have worked with this demographic before, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. I honestly... People that have not had the exposure to people who are neurodiverse, I feel sorry for them because once we have more of these opportunities and they get that exposure, it's so good for neurotypical people. My son is always happy. He thinks I'm crazy to be stressed out about things. He's always (laughs) happy. He just wakes up like a little child that's happy, like, what's going to happen today? I'm you know, open. He loves everybody. He accepts everybody. It's such a beautiful um, it's such a beautiful model for the rest of us, honestly. Yeah. So there's there's our motto for today. Be more like Ross. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> can you think back over the last this? This will be putting you on the spot a little bit. But over the okay. last nine years or 10 mm-hmm. years, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? Um, that you think would probably be helpful to other people that are organizational leaders? Well, I've certainly learned about the beauty of, of, of this community. I have really learned firsthand now about what families who have a loved one with a disability face 
and the fear that is in their heart and mind and gut all the time about their loved one and what's going to happen when when we're not here. Um, So I definitely learned about that. I've also learned that there are so many very well-meaning organizations that generally are government organizations that have historically been in charge of of what should happen, what's going to happen. And I have learned that it can be very difficult to follow it kind of it kind of the, the the plan that's laid out in that arena yet do something that is innovative and creative and so what ends up happening is that many times you you have to veer away from from the norm and you've really got to be fearless in your visioning it, it, what you envision for this community, because you know how capable they are. There are very well many people who will say, this is the best thing for Ross. He should live in an apartment that is full of neurotypical people and will make sure that there's a roof over his head and that he's being fed. But I would say the guys next door who are so wonderful aren't going to invite him over for a beer because right. they don't know how. So I think that being really willing to disrupt a system that's been in place for a long time is necessary if you want to make a difference. That is a great lesson for a leader in any industry. Don't be afraid to innovate. Don't be afraid to follow your vision. Um, But, you know, running this campaign, building up this organization. Um, it, it is, I'm sure it's been an amazing roller coaster of a ride and just yeah. a nonstop grind. So what really keeps you energized and keeps you moving forward? Because capital campaigns are no joke. They are hard. Right. Um, well, again, going back to how fortunate we are, we have an incredible staff, um, an incredibly passionate, dedicated staff. Um, our, our executive director, Laura McKenna, is amazing. Our director of program, Sally McCants, is amazing. And our program manager, Emma Benner, is amazing. We are a small but mighty group. We also have always been fortunate because we've got an incredible board of directors who supports us and problem solves with us and fundraises alongside us. And so that that is really what I think, you know, keeps us going and keeps us able to to get the work done. And I'm always inspired, you know, whenever I get to spend time around our ambassadors and I just think about what they deserve and and what their families deserve and what needs to happen that's what keeps me going. You know, I I think that that's the part that there's a need, like you said, I think that we can help with it. And and that's the part that, that keeps us going. Well, and it has to also be part of that also has to be is, okay, we've got this vision. We're actually making it happen. Oh my gosh, we're making it. We're so close. If we can just keep, keep going just a little more, this thing really is going to become a reality. That also has to be a, a great source of energy. It, it, you know what? It is a great source of energy. I mean, I just think all the time. And my son, you know, he's 29 years old. He does not want to live at home with mom and dad. 
we're getting old. <laughs> he's, he's like, you guys are lame. I want to be around other people. So I get firsthand, you know, a vision of, of what that looks like. And, and again, the needs. So, yeah, it's very inspiring. Whenever I think about our ambassadors, I'm just so inspired by them. Oh, it's fabulous. I'm, I'm going to change gears on you a little bit here as okay. we wind up. And okay. one of the things I always love to ask is what is something you will read, listen to, or watch today? I am obsessed with a podcast, which is um, which is hosted by a woman named Sharon McMahon. And it's called Here's Where Things Get Interesting. Ah. Um, she is a former history teacher. And I learned so much. So I usually listen to that because I do a lot of driving. So I assume I'll have that on at some point in my commute. Um, yeah. I love it. Well, there you go. There's another great tip. Always be learning and, and getting Always be learning. Yes. Fantastic. I love that. I love Can that. You point to somebody who's really been a role model for you uh, in this work you're doing to make the world better. Mm. You know, there are so many. I will tell you that most of the people I would point to are parents um, in, in this world. And Carol Horney, who started Adams Camp and who, when we had this idea to start Tall Tales Ranch, is one of the first people that I sat down with. I love Bob and Carol. And I they are an inspiration. They saw a need for their son. Yep. They had a vision of this incredible camp that supports people that are neurodiverse. And I... I have always um, thought of Carol as being a great, great role model to me. Well, and it's awesome having been lucky enough to work with Carol a little bit. Her inspiration and her just ripples so far to think of what, you know, she did the same thing you did and was really an inspiration just for Tall Tales Ranch. So I, yep. I couldn't yep. agree more. Um, yep. But other than Tall Tales Ranch, is there mm -hmm. an organization out there that you really admire the work that they're doing or would love to give a shout out to? You know, um, there are a couple. Wayfaring Band is an organization that takes these absolutely incredible trips um, for people who are neurodiverse. And my son Ross has gone on a couple of trips and I um, and 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 some of their founders came from yep. Adams Camp, yep. um, Andrea, and so I love Wayfaring Band and what they do. And the other one is Brewability Lab, which is a brewery that employs neurodiverse people. Yep. Um, uh, both of those, I, you know, I would love to give a shout out to them because they are also disruptors. And, and to them, the norm was just really not good enough. And they wanted to do something outside the box. And and they both have Tiffany at Brewability and then Andrew when she started Wayfaring Band. So um, the other one would be of Developmental Pathways, who, you know, is the control center board here in Arapahoe, Douglas County. They are so supportive of all work that yeah. benefits people with intellectual disabilities. They've been so supportive of Tall Tales Ranch and of course the case management that they that they do for our son. And yeah. they're wonderful. I, I really have a lot of admiration and respect for developmental pathways. Remarkable organizations, one and all for sure. Last one and most importantly, uh, if anybody wants to learn more about Tall Tales Ranch, help you close out your campaign, volunteer, um, all of it, where can they, what's the best way to find you? You know, I think, um, I think our website, which is uh, www.talltalesranch.org, is a great place to start to learn about 
kind of where we are and, and what we're doing and, and just learn more about our organization and our work. We also are all over social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, but I would love for people that are interested to follow us really where we are right now, Jay, and getting that shovel in the ground. Yeah. It really has to do with raising funds. And that's what we're working so hard on right now is, you know, financing options and funding options. And we've gotten very lucky and we've gotten um, organizations that uh, that are that are very interested in supporting us. But that that is really the thing. It's the money that's in between where we stand right now and getting a shovel in the ground. So. I would love anybody that's interested or that wants to learn more to get on our website, reach out to us. We love talking to people. Um, if we can support people, we love that. So that that would be what I would ask people to do. Well, I hope anybody listening will go visit telltalesranch.org. We'll put all that in the show notes. Susan, wonderful. this has been wonderfully inspiring. I'm, I'm cheering you on. I hope you have uh, great luck in closing out your campaign. I look forward to hopefully an invite to a groundbreaking. Absolutely. Uh, you'll be there. But this is this has been wonderful and and keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Jay. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And thank you for all of your part in making the world a better place. My goodness, it's wonderful. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Susan for sharing the journey of Tall Tales Ranch. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity Services. Running a nonprofit is hard, and I'd love to help you thrive. You can find me at www.makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about how you can support Tall Tales Ranch and the amazing work the organization is doing, visit www.talltalesranch.org and find them on all the social media platforms. Check the show notes for links. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find your way to make our world better.